Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. And this is day two. And what are we focused on? We are focused on what all of you are focused on, which is creating an endless supply of real estate leads, but not just any real estate leads. We are going to show you, and this is day two, make sure you listen to day one, how you can create free real estate leads. Most plentiful uh, would be the buyer leads. Those are the easiest to generate for sure, but also as we have talked about yesterday, and we're going to talk about more today, a lot of those buyer leads are actually sellers in disguise. Point being is this is how you generate lots. And frankly, this doesn't even require a lot of skill, which is something yep. else is nice. Yes, but you can generate an endless supply, a consistent supply of both buyer and seller leads if you follow our dump open house system. And this is day two. Now, uh, those of you in Premier Coaching, make sure you log into Premier Coaching and you go to the section and you actually download the very detailed checklist in the entire system. All we're doing today on today's podcast is obviously just presenting you guys an overview because we only have you for 20 or 30 minutes a day. And I, it's, it's important that I mention this. A lot of you who've never had real estate coaching before don't know the difference between real estate training and real estate coaching. This podcast is real estate training. Real estate coaching is completely operating at a different level. We love the fact that so many of you, literally tens of thousands of you, in some months it's hundreds of thousands of you, download and listen to this podcast, and that it's been so inspirational in your real estate businesses. That means the world to us. But for those of you who are ready to go to the next level in your real estate businesses, understand that when you join Premier Coaching for free, it's a completely different elevated experience than this. So it's great that you love this. You won't believe the experience you have in Premier Coaching. And you can join Premier Coaching right now by simply texting the word Premier to 47372 or go to premiercoaching.com. You can join right now for free. So text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to premiercoaching.com. All right, Julie, let's jump in. And this is point number seven. Yes, day two, point number seven, door knock, or if you don't like that word, you might say canvas the neighborhood <laughs> the day before your open house. Sometimes even, you know, the day of your open house, depending on what time it is, but speak as many, speak with as many homeowners as possible and ask them whom you should be calling so they can choose their neighbors. Now that's an easy script, isn't it? But there's a lot of little micro details that are included that basically are part of making number point number seven work. First of all, you know, you obviously want to go make the actual door knock. You want to have the actual conversation, the decision-making adult, how you look, how you stand at the door. All these little tiny details are going to be the difference between whether they're going to open the door and talk with you or whether they're going to act like that you're not there. You guys get it? There are lots of little tiny nuanced approaches that you can take that will immediately and urgently get you a better result. And guys, this is a different, some of you, it's going to be the difference between making no money and making a lot of money in real estate this year. Learn little subtleties. Anybody can go door knock or canvas a neighborhood. Why are some people getting so much of a better result? I remember um, the selling uh, LA guys, David yes. uh, Parnes and 
Davids. Jay, David Harris. Harris. I Jay think they're two Davids. No, no, like the guy, yeah, the yeah. British guys, right? The British guys in LA. Right. So we had them on our podcast and all the rest of yeah. it. So they got their start in real estate by bum, 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 door knocking. <laughs> and by the way, I listen to their podcast occasionally. And guess what they still talk about to this of day? Of course. And their sale price is probably around, I'm guessing, seven, eight, nine million. Door knocking. Oh my gosh, Tim, there are gates. Door knocking. Oh my gosh, these are people that with Dobermans that are going to stick their dogs on me. Door knocking. We stop thinking of all these excuses not to do it. Now, when you go door knocking, look like the uh, someone who people are going to want to open the door and talk to. Yes. And as we talked yesterday, make sure you are presenting yourself in such a way and with the information that you have, you know, mentally and emotionally, you have to be prepared in addition to physically being prepared. But remember, the point of this is to not knock on the door and invite them to the open house you're doing. That's right. So don't be a secret agent. All right. Point number eight, have rate sheets in your open house. What is a rate sheet? It is a piece of paper that your lender makes for you showing three different ways to purchase the home with different down payments, different scenarios, which is best for your prospect. Your favorite lender can supply these fact sheets for you. Now, the great thing about this is this can cause conversations with a potential buyer slash seller in many cases where maybe they didn't even like the house. Maybe they went to the open house because they liked the neighborhood, but they didn't like the house. However, they're going to remember you and your conversation because they never considered that they could buy that $700,000 house with not 20% down, but maybe they could do 10% down. Let's do a little advanced coaching on this. Sure. So when the market started to noticeably change uh, June of 2022, right? When the interest rates started to increase, Julie and I started telling everyone to learn how to do assumable mortgages. We asked all of you to consider how to learn how, and we took all of our coaching clients, you guys learned about this. And now what, a year later, basically almost, a lot of other people are starting to say the same thing. Those of you who had the advantage in the marketplace and knew how to actually uh, do, for example, an assumable mortgage had a huge advantage. So many of you thought, uh, thanked us you know, by, by joining our coaching program and thanked us online in other ways. And let me just pass this along to you. Having a rate sheet, to Julie's point, an excellent idea. Letting people know what they what their payments are going to be, an excellent idea. But you've got to know, have more advanced knowledge than that. So, for example, let's say you're dealing with a hundred and fifty, or I'm sorry, a five hundred thousand dollar price range, and let's say that the seller has something like twenty percent equity in the property or thirty percent equity in the property. Okay, would it be possible that the buyer who would be buying the house is going to put down 20 or 30% anyway? So would it be possible, uh, by the way, the seller's existing mortgage is, you know, 3%. So would it be possible, the answer is yes, for the buyer to assume the seller's mortgage and pay the seller the equity at closing? So the buyer is going to give the seller their equity. And then with release, in most cases, they're going to assume the mortgage. So they become the new mortgage. Mortgagee is not me. Yeah, they become the new mortgagor, right? right? Mm -hmm. That's how I remember this. And they become the new mortgagor. And you're doing what's called an assumable mortgage. That means the buyer is now able to assume the 30-year fixed rate at 3%. Do you think that that would give you an unfair advantage in the marketplace? Do you think that would give you an unfair advantage when you're trying to explain to the seller why they want to list with you because you know how to do more things than the average agent? Uh, yes, there you go. So knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. And if it's your house that has the assumable and you know how to correctly discuss that and you know loop in the right... Um, 
you know. I believe every government-backed mortgage. FHA, VA, and USAA are a hundred percent of them are assumable with release. With and release. What is, with release means they have to qualify based on credit, which they would have had to do anyway. But an assumable mortgage is actually a hell of a lot easier to get approved than getting a new mortgage nowadays. It is, and you know what I was saying is, if it's your house versus the five others competing with you, don't you think that yours is going to be a lot more attractive in today's interest rates? I mean, you, you guys want to hear something crazy? When Julie and I started selling real estate. And it wasn't that long ago, right? But I mean, it actually was, but let's just. <laughs> it was just like yesterday for us. It was us. just like yesterday <laughs> for us, right? There were actually FHA mortgages that you could occasionally, they were pretty rare, that was assumable without release. Yeah, In other radical. words, you could, right, you could find a seller that had a house to sell that had an assumable without release, usually FHA mortgage. So you would pay the seller their equity or, you know, whatever, and then you would just assume their mortgage. And you did not have to be approved based on anything. You just the more the seller just said this is your the you know this is the new this owner is the deal. Of the, this is the deal and the FHA would just approve it. And you know why those were hot properties, hot listings? Because at that time when we were selling and that was going on, the going interest rate was seven, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half percent. Sound familiar? That you just have to change with the market. You know another scenario. <clears throat> excuse me, another scenario that you might present after talking with the seller, of course is the possibility, maybe they don't have the assumable, or maybe it's, you know, wasn't FHA or VA, but they do have lots of equity. Maybe you work a deal where they actually buy down the interest rate and the buyer does not actually have to pay the going rate. They lock it in at a lower rate. So we went way off the rails, but the point is, is you have to know uh, have a higher level of knowledge because as Julie just said, knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. If you want people to work with you, not because you've got a bunch of people following you on Instagram, pictures of you basically and your cat. If you want people to actually follow you and respect you because you've earned the right to truly be a real estate professional, not just someone claiming to be, it comes from your knowledge. It comes from your skill set. It comes to knowing what to say and how to say it and solve other people's problems. Julie, point number nine. Point number nine. And this is whether it's your listing or whether you borrowed the listing to hold open, be sensitive to what you're discussing about the seller's situation. What are you actually authorized to share? If a potential buyer or their agent asks you why they're selling their listing, uh, I'm sorry, why the seller is selling, what are you allowed to disclose? Will they perceive that the seller is more or less motivated by your answer? You do have to be a bit careful about that. So well, I couldn't legally, leave that out. Legally too, you could get fried for that. Yes. Right? And remember to one of yesterday's points, the uh, homeowner probably also has video and cameras and knows those conversations you're having. But that is a really good point. Everybody, I mean, yeah, multiple cameras. And things that don't look like cameras that are cameras. And they're sitting at the local Starbucks watching you uh, and all the buyers walking through their house, not realizing that when they walk into Susie's bedroom, the, you know, the big fluffy stuffed animal in the corner, his right eye is a camera. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, we have, what, 12 cameras on the cabin in Murphy? But now, yeah. in our case, it's usually squirrels, you know, looking for their squirrel and feed. Deer. But at least, we, you know, they're up there. So do be sensitive about that. All right, point number 10, systematize your open house spoke. That way it does become predictable and duplicatable. Turn it into your lead generation machine. Agents who are great at this consistently generate at least one new listing from every open house and an endless supply of buyers, some of which have homes to sell. So never pay for buyer leads again when you can instead generate better quality leads yourself. And also an unintended consequence of making this and open house spoke or systematizing it, you do get better at real estate by doing open houses. You have better conversations. You learn your scripts. You learn how to follow up. You learn how to close. 
And, you know, you just become a better agent by doing this. So I had somebody message me on Instagram or someone making excuses why they couldn't do open houses mm -hmm. because they're in some little small brokerage with like 14 agents and none of them have any listings. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, there's no other agents in their marketplace that they could actually offer to hold open houses. They're just looking for one reason after another, sure. after another, after another, not to get off their butts. Not really an easy person to help. Then I asked them, I suggested to them, why don't you, I don't know, offer to do some open houses for the local builders, of which there were several. Why don't you actually offer the build rep the Sunday off and you sit there and you actually have the conversations and help them do that? Or here's another idea. If there's a bunch of for sale by owners in your marketplace, how about you offer to sit their open house for them? I said sit, sorry, Julie. Why don't you offer to actually do the open house for them? You might be surprised. You gotta be thinking creatively. Think out of the box. You're going to have to realize that in this new world, which is the new world, it's not going to go back to the old world. Nope. You're going to have to learn how to proactively lead generate. Well, you don't have to. You can learn how to, you can basically spend all your time buying leads, but you're going to discover quickly that, frankly, because that's what everyone else does, because no one's telling them the truth other than Julie and I, you're going to have a massive amount of competition for those bot buyer leads, and referral fees are even going to increase even more. Look, I have, Julie and I have zero problem with, for example, EXP Realty has got a stellar relocation department that is uh, being run by uh, Leo Pahara, right? I said it right? Yep. And the real, if you guys are, many of you listening are in EXP Realty, definitely get involved in Relo. They have more Relo leads available than there are agents that are approved to take the Relo leads. EXP agents, listen to what your coach, <laughs> Tim and Julie Harris are saying, become Relo certified. Now, those Relo leads do come with a large Relo fee. But if the choice is between making money and paying a large relo fee and not making money, make the money and pay the fee. That's better than making no money. It's what Julie and I call some money is better than no money. But with that said, as you become uh, more skills-based, frankly, you won't have to buy leads. You can start generating your own. Move to that space as fast as you can because then you can start making huge margins in your real estate business. Many of you, virtually all of you listening, have come up in the industry, or maybe you're a fresh licensee, or you've been licensed only for 15 years or less. You know, 15 years or less, you're, frankly, you're definitely an experienced agent. You've been in the business for a long time, but you're not experienced as far as the different market gyrations. You have come up in the era where buying buyer leads or seller leads or paying constantly for your business has been normalized. Well, this is your opportunity to break free of that tyranny and learn how to be a proactive lead generator. That is the primary focus of our coaching program. Text the word PREMIER to 47372 or just go to premiercoaching.com. Remember when texting message and data rates may apply. Point number 11, take the time to really know the subject property. Know all the usual things like bedrooms, bathrooms, and square feet, but also the ages of the appliances, the roofing, and other pertinent items. Pretend that you're the potential buyer. What are the schools, the parks, and the places of worship? Is there a homeowner's association, and what are the fees? What's the property tax? If you don't know the answer, don't wing it or guess. You need to be able to say, yes, I have that answer. This is going to give you the knowledge to have the confidence to have more conversations. This goes back to actually somebody who shared with us a post that she did on Instagram. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, make sure you do that. It's at timandjulieharris.com. And she did a little video, um, very nice gal, where she was basically saying, uh, I walked into this house, I'm holding it open, win-win, right? Doing good so far. Mm -hmm. And there were some things that were disorderly. And she then had to decide, 
you know, am I just going to ignore these things? I'm the agent. Where do, you know, where do my responsibilities begin and end? And I believe in this case it required screwdrivers and whatnot. Wow. And she fixed all these things and she was proud of herself, as she yeah. should be. Seems like a simple thing, but you'll be shocked how few agents will actually go the extra mile to prepare a house for sale. A lot of sellers in this marketplace, they've been spoiled by the past market as well. They're not realizing that, yes, indeed, the house can't smell like cat pee. Or, yes, indeed, the house has to be clean and orderly. So you as a listing agent or you as a buyer's agent who's holding that listing open, don't be afraid to get your hands a little dirty. Sometimes that is what it's going to be necessary to do. Any, anyone who's been in the business for any amount of time, you know, you're going to find yourself moving appliances occasionally or, you know, doing, helping people do garage sales. You're going to be finding yourself doing all kinds of different things. The more you're will, you got to be realizing that oftentimes a little help is the difference between a little help and a little motivation and, you know, helping the seller move past the hurdles that are often standing in the way of getting their homes conditioned to put for sale is the difference between you getting the listing and not getting the listing. If you walk into that listing appointment and you're just here to list the house, well, you know, that's you and a thousand other agents. If you're walking into the listing appointment and you're following our listing, our complete home seller guide, and you're giving them checklists of what to do and how to do it, in addition to that, you have high quality referral sources to get work done. You now have elevated yourself in the minds of those sellers. I realize this is different than in the past seller's market where you just put something for sale and it would sell for millions of dollars over with competing offers in 22 seconds. Now you're going to have to learn how to truly be a professional to get your listing sold. Point number 12. Yes. Point number 12, get an open house partner who is licensed to help you manage the sign-in process, answer questions, and provide added security. It's a great thing to have so many people attend your open house, but even better when you're able to connect with 100% of them after the fact. Now, that point didn't used to be in our open house lineup. That is a result of low inventory and open houses being absolutely ambushed by people that have fear of missing out there. You know, they're anxious to see the next listing in that neighborhood that they drive through day in and day out, coming and going from work or school, where they just can't wait to move into whatever that subdivision is. Open houses in a low inventory environment, which we are going to be in for a long time. You know, long time. The uh, balanced market inventory is usually right around two and a half million active listings. We are less than, uh, usually it's between 900,000 and a million. So there is a long runway to get into even a, that's not even a buyer's well, market, let, that's let a balanced market. Since you study this stuff yeah. far more than I do, um, were there, have you come across anybody who's projecting that there's going to be enough new inventory coming for sale over the next few months to basically be a more balanced market? Not really. It's going to stay seller's market. Now there are pockets, as we often discuss. There are uh, condo buildings in, you know, places like Florida and maybe Las Vegas. And, you know, there's going to be some pockets of that where there are too many listings and not enough buyers. But or, there's just enough, or there's just enough buyers for the number of sellers. Basically. Exactly. And yeah. how can you, t how do you know that that's true? Okay. So the average days on the market in the country is now 30. That is not the end of the world. That is slightly better for the buyers, but not massively better for the buyers. It is a lot better for listing agents who are building their listing inventory. Why? I think it's a great thing that maybe it takes two weekends or three weekends to sell. And in most cases, they're still getting multiple offers. But it allows you to build up to your magic number, the number of listings that you have to have at all times in your own inventory to meet or exceed your monthly goals. Having that 30-day window is so much better than putting it on the market on Thursday, gathering offers Saturday, and being in contract by Monday for the listing agent. And it's also slightly better for the buyers because they have more time to look, a little bit more, you know, additional listings to look at. 
So it's kind of like, to me, the, it's kind of like a frothy market is just kind of sighing a little bit. It's going to be okay. So let me introduce you guys to a term, which hopefully all of you who are longtime podcast listeners will have heard Julie and I use many times. It's called bifurcation. Yes. And bifurcation is essentially when there's a separation of one into two. And what we're seeing, and we see this with especially a lot of the new coaching clients that Julie uh, has taken on recently, we are seeing an absolute crazy uh, bifurcation that I frankly have never seen before in the 25 years you and I have been in the business. I'd have to agree with that, mostly because... Well, the market just, they're coming out of was so different. In other words, the agents that there's agents that are making more money, having more success, uh, success now than, and, and there's no like in between, like the in between doesn't seem that. to be there anymore. There's the agents that are doing nothing. And then there's the agents that are doing exceptionally well. And then the in between, which has been the real estate market for years, mm -hmm. the agents that are selling, like, I think the average income for a real estate agent in 2022 or no, no, 2021 was something like $90,000. Right. Yep. And last year, I think it was like $60,000. Mm -hmm. You're going to see the average income for an agent this year probably go down to like $40,000. But you're also going to see a huge jump in agents that are selling more, you know, bank, essentially the agents that are skills-based and proactively lead generation-based. They're going to get more market share, not less, even with fewer transactions. It's already happening. So why is that true? It's because sellers are a lot more sensitive and, and particularly... I, I feel funny saying it this way, but the best sellers, what do I mean by best? The ones that actually have to sell, that are highly motivated. In other words, the, the listings that you want with people who are motivated and cooperative, they are much more sensitive to who they're listing with because they have to get the job done. And they know that it is a more difficult market right now because not everybody you know is qualified because we're not at three and a half percent interest rates anymore. But on so. the other side, it's also the buyers that know how to have meaningful conversations yes. that aren't just based on, you know, goofiness, right? Sure. Normally people, let's be honest, you guys work with buyers because it's not a skill. It, there's not a lot of skills required to work with buyers. Don't be insulted. It's true. A lot of people work with buyers because it's mostly a social type thing. They like you. You like them. You hang out for a while, they buy a house next, right? Sellers, especially in a market like this, is skills-based approach. Julie talks in her book about working with buyers as physical labor, because if you think about it, you're giving up all your time and physically going out there and showing them houses. We're working with sellers as primarily mental labor. It comes based on your skills. And so what you're seeing now is a bifurcation of agents who have the skills and agents who don't have the skills mm -hmm. because the buyers are also becoming particular about who they work with. And the sellers are obviously becoming very particular about who they work with. Who are they working with? The agents that have to actually taken the time to have the skills. It's not, this will shock a lot of you. It's not just the agents that have been in the business forever. Matter of fact, here's, I think Julie, feel free not to, uh, not to, to argue with me or not agree or to agree. So a lot of you who have been in the business for a long time, are at the greatest disadvantage in this new market because you are the least likely to accept the fact that you need to update your skill set. I would agree with that. I would, you know, uh, agents that were, you know, figuring that they could rest on their laurels because they had gotten this far in the market for the past, you know, quite a few years has, has covered up the fact that their skills were waning. And so those, and some of them, honestly, are retiring because they don't want to deal with it again. Well, they don't I, want to upgrade. I have on a regular basis, two or three conversations a week, at least with big real estate teams who in this exact same thing happened to Julie and I back in 07 and 08 and 09, yep. where they're essentially trying to make their old system work 
and it's not, and they're losing their asses. And here's the cycle. For those of you who are thinking that somehow I'm just going to wait it out for another two or three months, and I'm going to subsidize it, I'm going to, you know, live off home equity, or I'm going to sell some rental properties, or I'm going to, you know, cash in my life insurance policy, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. You're going to start selling assets because you're hoping and praying that somehow your brokerage or your real estate team is going to turn profitable in the next six to nine months, or even, you know, maybe you don't even have that much cash saved. I will strongly suggest that you guys need to reconsider that and not sell your assets, not sell the very things that you've worked so hard to actually, you know, go towards your net worth. What you do need to do is you need to take a real good look at whether what you're doing is actually going to work in this new market. The problem you have, and I say this with love and respect, is you don't know what you do not know. You don't know that what you were doing would only work in a particular kind of market. You've never held what you were spending your money on accountable. Most of you don't. You don't know whether or not all those Zillow leads or this, that, and the other. Some of you have built these, I, again, I had these conversations on a regular basis. Some of you guys are these big Zillow users, and some of you are spending tens of thousands of dollars a month on Zillow leads. And now all of a sudden, guess what's happening? Fewer Zillow leads, fewer qualified buyers, you have you know, eight angry buyer's agents who are all selling, saying, where are my leads? You're worried about letting those agents go. You're worried about downsizing. You're worried about you know, pivoting your business model to be proactive versus passive. Why? Because you don't know what else you're going to do. You don't know how else to actually be successful selling real estate. And a lot of you have your head screwed on crooked thinking that if I change my business model, if I you know, downsize or right-size my staff, somehow the world's going to think lesser of me. You have all these convoluted thoughts mm -hmm. at the same time you're pissing away all your money. Don't do it. And guys, I, I cannot, I mean, I had this conversation with Julie this morning. I did not want to go through another market like this. Me neither. I didn't. And I'll tell no. you the only reason we're doing it isn't because we need the money. The reason we're doing it is because there's nobody else that's saying what we're saying. We have, we were hoping that there would other be, there'd be other people that would fill the gap. And there are some, frankly, there's some people mm -hmm. that are trying sure. to, you know, tell the truth, basically, mm -hmm. but a vast majority of you are still falling into these big, complicated spider webs of, you know, one tech company over, you know, you're buying a CRM, you're buying a CRM because you're doing pay-per-click, you're now you're hiring a pay-per-click specialist, now you're hiring a leads coordinator, now you're hiring a bunch of VAs, now you're hiring this, now you're hiring that, and it goes on and on and on, and you're wondering where's the, you know, maybe you're making some revenue, but there's no profit, and now you can't pay your taxes. Look, be scared because this is a good market for you to use as an excuse to do a hard reset of your business. And this isn't, I, look, how about this? When is the last time you heard anybody in the position of what we have telling you guys this, what we just said? Nobody have, and nobody's telling you this because they don't think you can handle it and or they don't know what else to tell you to do. We do. That's the reason we've been in this business forever. That's the reason in markets like this, our coaching business takes off because there's so many people that are wanting to know what to do. But I will say this. There is a difference. Right now, we are getting more of these really high-end agents that are calling and asking Definitely. for our personal help. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about this, and I didn't tell you this, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So I did have some calls last week that really kind of, I think, rekindled my, uh, my juices to actually pick up some private clients. Mm -hmm. So if you guys can put up with me... <laughs> <laughs> warning, warning. warning. You, heard, you heard it here. And you're looking for, you know, you, if you've been listening to the podcast for long enough, you know what you're going to get. So if you'd like me to be your personal coach, I have no sales pitch. If you want me to be your personal coach, I will consider taking on five clients, okay. but no more than that. You better be serious. You better be serious. So if you're interested in being personally coached by me and I'm not going to pull any punches, I'm not going to placate you. I will take the time and explain things to you and coach you and prove to you different paths you can go down. 
but you've got to have your head screwed on straight about what's next in this business. Guys, the unfortunate truth, and I'm sorry for you, sincerely sorry for you, is this is not going to be a short-term market, whatever you want to call it. This shift is going to last years, at least two or three years. How many of you have the money to basically keep your old business model alive? Look, you can go back to that old business model two or three years from now, assuming you're still in the business. So it, you guys getting what I'm saying Waiting here? is not a strategy. Waiting for the market to save you, for the market to bounce back and be exactly like it used to be, that is not a strategy. That is lack of business maturity. It's very speculative, it's very costly, and it's very stressful. I don't honestly think it's completely their fault. No, it's not, because how, what do they have to compare it to? They have no, well, exactly. If they've been in the business for 15 years or less, they're in an echo chamber where everyone else basically that they know and they respect has done the exact same thing to build their business. There is no sure. balance to that nope. sort of massive wave of you know information. And guys, it may have worked in the past, but what worked in the past rarely works today. Like, I mean, think how radical, just silly things like chat GPT, you yeah. know, and all this AI, all these things are going to yeah. have over the next 12 to 24 months. You think you're immune to the changes that are happening in the marketplace? Look, you need to get way ahead of this curve. I, we've been, guys, we've been doing our best for the last two years to, frankly, in many of these podcasts, beg you to realize what was coming around the bend in the, in the real estate markets. A lot of you listen to us and we're grateful for that. If you didn't or if you just discovered us, and you're in a situation where you've got a brokerage, you've got a team, and you're tired of hiding your head in the sand. You don't want to wait anymore for the clouds to clear because you realize the clouds aren't clearing and it's just the new market, right? If you're ready to actually move forward and set aside your misperceptions about your potential because you were successful in the past does mean that you can be successful in the future provided you're actually willing to do what the new market demands. Yeah, three to five of you, I'll open my mind up to having as private clients. Text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. I just thought of something funny. What? So two weeks ago when we mentioned the fact that you were thinking on taking clients, mm -hmm. we had dozens of people that were texting me. Mm -hmm. I bet now we have like six. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.